You're listening to a podcast from Every Nation Canberra. In this podcast, Alice Cortez uses the story of Joshua leading the Israelites into Jericho to inspire us to take leaps of faith in our own lives. I think a preacher is also a prophet. Sometimes we think that prophecy has to do with future events. But in the Bible, most of the time, prophecy was about what was happening now. A call from God to his people. And I believe this is what the sermon today is going to be. First of all, I want to give God thanks for being his child. It's so wonderful that some people, I was thinking there, took the opportunity to go to the extremes of the earth, following the commands of Jesus, to bring the message to South America for us, for my parents, to receive this message, and for me also to become a Christian. Isn't that wonderful? Something that started in Jerusalem has reached to the ends of the earth, to Australia, to the Philippines, everywhere. But there's still a lot to do. If you remember, I don't know, a couple of months ago, probably a bit longer than that, I preached about David and Goliath. And when I was preparing it, it felt in my heart that that was a very, very personal message in the sense that it was for every one of us. We all battled with giants. So it was very personal. A few weeks ago, my good friend Joe said to me, Alex, I'm going to do a series on Joshua, and I want you to preach. I said, okay, I'll preach about the fall of Jericho. And, and then he, um, I started praying, and I, I was thinking, how do I approach this? And I was in church, and all of a sudden, I mean, that was the following week, thoughts started coming into me, and I started writing them down in my phone. And then it was something very, very strong from the Lord saying me that this is not personal, but it's corporate. This message is for us, for the church. It's not only from one person. There are some touches of, you know, this being personal, but it has to do with the church. Remember hearing the sermon about the people of Israel crossing the Jordan. On the other side of the Jordan, Joshua was there by himself, close to Jericho, and all of a sudden, this uh, person came to him, and he had a, a sword drawn in his hand. And the question was, are you from us, or are you for them? And that person said, neither. And there was something special about that man that was there, that Joshua fell on the ground, face down, and worship him. And you know, this is interesting, because when this happened in the Bible in many other parts, usually an angel would say, no, 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 get up. But this man didn't say anything. Quite the opposite. He used the word of God when he was talking to Moses. And he said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. So who was that man? Theologians, 
agree with this, that that person was God appearing to him. The Word, Jesus in the Old Testament, taking the shape of man, talking to him. And now we go into what he is going to say to Joshua. So Joshua 6 starts like this. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. This city wasn't a small city, but it wasn't a big one also. Okay? So it was kind of in between. More a fortress than anything, though. And it was the first city into the land. And when the divine commander, God, talking to him, gave him instructions, he was kind of telling him that something supernatural was going to happen. In this city, something like that happened. But in the rest of the conquest of Israel, they had to fight. But in this one, God said, I want to show you that I'm going be before you and I'm going to do the job for you. And God said to him, I have delivered the city. But this is strange because Joshua was here. The city was there, fortified with people inside. And God said, I have delivered the city to you. Nothing had happened yet, but our God lives in eternity. For God, everything happens at the same time. God sees the end from the beginning. So, my good friend Joe, you said the other day that God told you to work for him. God has given you a Jericho. And I want to say to you now that no matter how big the walls are, they are going to fall. They are going to fall because God is in front of you. And if you trust him, he is going to do what he is supposed to do. And he said, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. You know, in the past, when they were going, people were going to conquer a city, they usually did it in four ways. One was, they would just camp outside the city, surround the city, and wait until people, you know, um, started starving to death, to the point that they would open the gates and say, come in, we're just dying here. Another way was building a ramp with dirt. So, that would take a long time. Undermining the foundations of the wall so they would collapse. And another one was burning a city. The Romans were very good at it. And if we think, that takes time. In history, when you read, it takes a long time. Some, sometimes they stay there for months, even for years, waiting for a city to fall. Now, God's strategy is very interesting. From a military point of view, it's foolish just to walk around the city. Walk around the city, doing nothing else but walking. 
But we see by reading the Bible that that was much quicker than any of the other ways. Because God's ways are always better than man's ways. And what did they do? What did Joshua do? He was obedient. He went and told the people, this is what we're going to do, and the people were obedient. Obedience and trust is very important. What is trust? Trust is faith. And what is faith? There is a confusion sometimes we don't understand what faith is. Faith is something very simple. It's not blind. Faith is always based on evidence. You don't have all the evidence, but you have enough. And yesterday I was talking to Joe. It's about marriage, getting married. Okay? You start meeting this person, you know this person, you think this is the right one for me. So you have some evidence, but you don't have it all. When you get married, you find something else, you know, thrown into the mix. But you operate on what you know there. And these people, with God, they have crossed the Jordan. Joshua has seen a lot of miracles before. So now, based on that, he said, I can trust God. And again, I bet Joe has had experiences with God. When you have seen his power and his hand, God has given you this church to lead. And this is a word for you first. Be strong. Be courageous. Being. Be strong. Be courageous. God is ahead. And he is going to do what he promised to do. But be obedient. And Joshua was obedient. And the people were obedient. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Seven priests carrying trumpets. But something was in the middle. What was it? The ark. The ark of the covenant. God is everywhere. But to the Hebrews, he promised that his presence was going to be in the ark. In order to be victorious, we need to carry God's presence. And you know, how do we carry it? With us or in us? With us or in us? Inside of us. Because that's the promise of, of Jesus. He said that the Holy Spirit was going to live inside of us. And I want to tell you now, don't look for the Holy Spirit anywhere else. If you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And if He is inside of us, we are going to be victorious always, even when it doesn't look like it. Joshua followed the instructions to the letter. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord, while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp, and they did this for six days. <clears throat> so they circled the city 
six days. Imagine the first day, the people inside the city, they were scared. What's going on? They came and they thought, what are they going to do to us? So the people of Israel circled the city and left. They were scratching the head. What's going on here? The following day, they came. Okay, now, now we're in trouble. They came, did the same thing, and left. That was, they were probably the news. What's going on here? My guess is that by the third day, they started laughing, mocking them. They are going to do nothing. Maybe you've heard something similar. What is this little church trying to achieve? They're going nowhere. What are they going to do? It's just a bunch of people meeting there. Where are they going? They're going nowhere. But faithful is the one who called you. So you have to trust him. So were they mocked? Yes, they probably were. And sometimes you are. We are. And someone said once, this is interesting. Imagine, you know, um, a soldier goes there and goes around the city, comes back home, and the wife asks, how did it go? Did we win? We just went for a walk. And the following day, how did it go? We went for another walk. So for days, nothing seemed to be happening. But God was going soon to reward their faith. Are you trusting God <clears throat> with this church? Or are you being impatient? Are you being faithful even if you don't see big things, big results? Are you abandoning your post, thinking, oh, I better go to another church? I've seen people who move from church to church to church to church to church. They are never satisfied. Because, oh, they are not giving me this here, so I'm going to go there. It's like going shopping. If you have been called to this church, stick to this church. Okay? Bring your talents to the church and do what God has called you to do. We are a very impatient generation. We want everything to happen right now. You are saved. I am saved. Are you just happy to have crossed the river? And be on the other side and enjoy and look at this promised land that God is giving you. Okay, you are safe. Everything is perfect. And I'm fine like this. I don't need to do anything else. But God has given us a land. But we have to fight for it. He promised the land to the Hebrews. But they had to fight for it. Only the first time they didn't. It was for God to show him how big he was. But then they had to. But God was behind them all the time. You know, we don't like to fight. You know what the problem is? We see this country, we see this city, especially those who come from overseas. That there are many of us in this church. We see this promised land through human eyes. We see this as the promised land, this country. We want it all. So we get busy to have it all. And in the process, we lose sight of the most important thing, the main purpose why we are here. God didn't bring you here to have a big house. 
God bring you here, brought you here to work for him, to fight for him. But you know, we get too busy. We lose sight of our calling. We are here to save souls in the name of Jesus. We are here to enjoy fellowship with one another. We are here to be the church. That's the reason we have been called. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. What grabbed my attention there was do you know what day was the, the one they did more walks around the city? The seventh day. What is the seventh day for the, for the Israelis, for the Hebrews? Sabbath. What is Sabbath? It's the day of rest. And on the day of rest, they did the opposite. God tried to show them something. So they went around seven times, more than ever before. You know, I was thinking, God, what he wants from us, he's going to deliver the enemy, I mean, into our hands and give us a victory, but we have to leave our comfort zone. We get too comfortable in this city. It's easy to become lazy. It's easy to become distracted. It's easy to do other things that seem more important than advancing the kingdom of God, furthering our careers, Accumulating possessions, having a nice house, as I said before, even enjoying our hobbies sometimes take more time than working for God. And working for God is not a burden, it should be a delight. You know, by my own experience, I'm telling you now, sometimes there have been times when I've been very busy, and then I have to share time with other people. You know what? Having to spend that time at the end, I usually feel so refreshed. It's something special. And then I believe after that that's been a, a good time that I've spent doing something for God. But we have to start living for God. We are God's army. You are a soldier in this army. Each one of you. And we are being commanded to conquer, to conquer, sorry, enemy territory. But how do we know God's strategy? How do we learn God's strategy? You know what? We have to go to Bible studies. We have to get, get together with other people to learn what God is trying to tell us in his message, in his word. How do we go about life? How do we go about talking to people? co-workers, students at school or university, people around the street, prayer meetings to know how to do battle properly because we are fighting against a powerful enemy. We cannot wing it. We have to do it properly. And it's important to have fellowship with other, other Christians. And above all, this is what we need. 
We need humility. We need humility. Maybe you think you know more than the leaders about God. Maybe you think you have been around longer than all of them. We have to be humble to follow our leaders into battle. We have to be supportive. We have to be present. The seventh time, when the priest sounded the trumpet, Joshua commanded the army to give a shout of victory. And I was thinking about the trumpets when I was reading. And the trumpets were used for two things. One was for music and worship, and the other one was for a call to battle. And then I thought of the musicians. You not only lead us to praise and worship God, you also bring the sound of God to all the musicians, to all the singers in this church. That's your job. That's your duty. You bring us into battle. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.